Welcome along once again to the moments that matter at the completion of round seven here in the Hungry Jacks NBL. I'm Jack Heron alongside me, as always, the man with the opinion that matters most, Derek Rucker. And Ruck, today is a day of missed opportunities for both the Brisbane Bullets and the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Well, isn't that the truth? The Southeast Melbourne Phoenix with a prime opportunity to really make a, make a claim for the top of the ladder. And they let Melbourne United manhandle them and get away with a nine-point lead. And then in the second game of the doubleheader, Jack, Brisbane put up a good performance. And in a game, you probably say they should have won. But Sydney show their championship medal, get away with this victory. And, uh, yeah, a case of missed opportunities for the Phoenix and the Bullets. We will get to the winners in just a moment. Let's start with the two that lost today. And the game that is certainly fresh in our mind that we just saw, Brisbane and Sydney. Brisbane led by six at halftime. They did a lot of things right. Did they go away from their game plan in the second half? Well, I thought it actually started at the end of the second quarter where that lead dwindled from like 12, 13 points and Sydney were able to get it down to six going into the break and then came out on fire in the third quarter and pretty much dominated that entire third. I think they outscored Brisbane 31 to 20. Now, full credit to Brisbane for fighting back in the fourth and they actually were up five, six yeah. points late with the chance to win. I thought it was more a case of them not taking care of the basketball and executing on the offensive end that cost them that game. So are you telling us that Brisbane is still a work in progress? Is that what we learned from today? They are, but they are much more advanced than I thought they would be, and I think Brisbane supporters have a lot to be hopeful for. It's a very good basketball team. They've gone to Tasmania one. They've lost by two in Tasmania, and then they had this game today. Those are all outstanding performances. Southeast Melbourne, you would imagine, would be kicking themselves. Anytime that a throwdown is on, it almost doesn't matter where both teams are on the table because they don't like each other. But this was a Melbourne team today without Ian Clark, without Luke Travers, without Matthew Delavadova, and a very injured Ariel Hook Porty. To lose that one will really stick with them. And now it's up to them which way does it affect them. Do they go downhill from them and then feel like, oh, we blew an opportunity and they're adversely affected? Or are they going to bite back and come back and fight hard like Melbourne United yeah. did? Melbourne United showed up, played hard, and a valuable lesson for me. Never, ever <laughs> doubt Dean Vickerman or Chris Golding. They're so deep, Melbourne. They've got so many players at their disposal. We've highlighted their depth all season, but it's one thing to talk about. It's, it's another to see it in action. And today, late in the game, we saw Kyle Bowen on the court. We saw minutes from Campbell Blog, one of their DPs. We saw Flynn Cameron get substantial minutes. That's what depth's all about. Bowen and Flynn Cameron were outstanding. Cameron really kept them in the game in the first half when things looked like they were starting to slip away. Mm. He turned over enough points for them in the first half to keep it tight, yep. and then the studs came and took over. Shea Illy did his normal thing. He always lifts when someone goes down, and that's a big win for Melbourne United. Now they can relax a little bit, knowing that they just knocked off the Phoenix. People like me will stop commenting about how they're going to go on a bad <laughs> run, and now they can just play basketball a little bit. What about the Sydney Kings? Winners today, they had a scrap last Sunday against New Zealand and won in a very close game, and today had a lot of similarities too, didn't it? They continue to win without looking impressive. And we know it's going to kick in at some point. I think the big highlight for them, obviously, they love the performances of Hogue and Adams, but that's why they brought him in. Yeah. But Jonah Bolden coming back to form, getting them, I believe he had a double-double, getting, getting them those types of numbers, that is really going to 
embolden the spirits of the Sydney Kings fans. Did you plan that, or did I you did, just do I, that on the spot? Yeah, yeah I planned that That's one. That's just simply brilliant. <laughs> well, it sets it up for Melbourne and Sydney next Sunday, which... I mean, that, that's 1v2. That's the last game before the FIBA break. You and I will both be there. That, that is, that's an enormous game. It is, and we'll probably have some more information about some of those Melbourne United injuries. Hopefully they can get maybe two of those mm. guys back. But nevertheless, we know that it's going to be highly combative. They're two very talented teams. And I'm keen to see this Kings team on the road. We see them here so often. I want to see how this up-pace basketball style travels. So to close out on today, is it now very clear that Sydney and Melbourne are the two best teams in this competition right now? Ooh, man, you got me there. But I, I still have a belief that Tasmania are in there. Okay. And you know what? I think the Bullets in Brisbane can beat anybody in the league. I think they can beat a Melbourne United. I think they can beat the Sydney Kings up in Brisbane the way they're currently playing. Now, we hope that Tyrell Harrison injury isn't too severe and he won't miss any games. From the positive to the negative, and no, Illawarra, it's not you this weekend. For once, we're going to leave the Hawks alone. We've got to talk about the New Zealand Breakers here, Ruck. They played in last year's championship series. They have two wins to their name right now, and... As other teams continue to win, New Zealand continue to lose, this season, well, to borrow one of your phrases, it might be a wrap already. They looked rudderless the other night, and I just didn't like the body language and the identity and the purpose. It didn't look like they knew what they were out to do. And look, losing a player of Zylan Cheatham's talent is a major kick in the guts. Yep. But somehow, as a group, you've got to rebound, and I suspect that they will but right now, they look, they look pretty putrid. They look weak. And that's something we haven't said by, about a Modi Mayor team. Well, it's an interesting one because they, they should have won last Sunday here against Sydney. True. And then whatever that was on Friday night was a mile away from what it was last weekend. So how can you say with confidence that they're going to rebound? I just believe in the coaching staff. And I believe there's enough talent there. I still don't love bringing Will McDowell-White off the bench. Uh, it, it sits unwell with me. I wish he was starting. Uh, PJC looks a little bit injured. I think he's yep. starting to slow down. I'm not sure what's going on there. But, look, there's time. If they can get away with a victory uh, before the FIBA break, I think that will do them a lot of good. Then they get a little bit of time to recuperate, rehabilitate, and kind of resurrect their identity and their team performance. It's going to be a big test for Modi Mayor and the Breakers. The Perth Wildcats are now resurgent Perth Wildcats. They've won three in a row. And it's no coincidence that the benchmark in this competition, Bryce Cotton, is back in form. All of a sudden, Perth looked pretty good. Look here, Bryce Cotton has a great work ethic. He has a great amount of talent. But the thing he has that separates him from other players is his ability to learn. And he learned a lot during those losses. He would have taken all those data points back to the practice court in WA, and now he's come back and he's ready to go. He's reinvigorated. He's shooting the ball. I talked about that he had to bear some of the blame. He was missing good looks. Yep. Well, he's not missing any good looks now. He's back to the guy, the dog, the MVP, the superstar of this competition that we know he is. Now Perth have won three, on the three in a row, and they look like a totally different team and one that's full of confidence with some upside remaining. And I think credit where credit's due. There's a tendency to kick coaches' heads in when teams lose, and yep. but you've got to also pay credit and pay the dues when they do things that are going to help the team. And John really made some decisions that he almost went back on. He was not playing Jesse Wagstar. Yep. He was playing a lot of minutes for Corey Webster. He was just sitting Hiram Harris basically as well. 
John really was able to look himself in the mirror, Ruck, and make some decisions that weren't necessarily, in his mind, the best decisions at the time, but were the best decisions for the team. And I think that deserves some credit too. Well, one of the big things that you have to learn to do as a coach is to control your ego. And when coaches make decisions, they like for those decisions to come to fruition. <laughs> yeah. They don't always go that way. And John really understood that he made, it, he made some decisions that he probably needed to revert back from. And he's put Jesse Wagstaff back into the lineup. He's played Hiram Harris. He started to give Michael Harris a few more minutes. And he's had to sit Corey Webster, which I'm sure was not an easy decision. I'll get to Corey later on in the show. But that Perth Wildcats franchise can rest a bit easier this weekend having won three in a row and know that it looks like your coach has got his mojo back. They're in action on Thursday night, a doubleheader to start the next round. Uh, Tasmania, six and four on the season with the return of Will Magne. And uh, this could have easily been our thumbs up. Sorry if I saw one of your thumbs up. But the fact that Will Magne got through the game, had a bit of an influence and just passed the test, I think is great for not only Will, but great for Tasmania. I like the impact that he had on the game. I thought he was active. He was long. Mm. He did some of the stuff that we've been accustomed to him doing a few years ago. And if they can slowly work him back into the lineup without adversely impacting their ability to win basketball games, then that's going to really do them a lot of good as we come down February, March. Tazzy earned this for the long run. They're well coached. And while the game wasn't a beautiful win in Adelaide, it was an effective one. It was a double digits win. They totally clamped down Adelaide defensively. And an 82-72 result is, is, I think, right what Scott Roth would want as he goes for uh, road victories. I'm not sure Scott Roth cares about aesthetics, does he? He just cares about <laughs> exactly. Ws. That's all that Scott yep. Roth cares about. Let's finish up with thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's start with the thumbs down today. Thumbs down. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to give this one to the Illawarra Hawks again. I'm sorry. Oh. But they are standing out in such a poor manner. And I saw the changes that they tried to make, but I still don't understand why Lachlan Albrecht is getting so few minutes. AJ Johnson, I don't understand what's going on there. And once again, like, you've got to let these young guys go. With the guys you're playing right now, it's not working. Yep. I thought the the swapping of uh, Harvey to the bench was the wrong move. You wanted Robinson to the I bench? I probably would have gone Robinson to the bench. Let him build up his confidence in his game against second stringers when the rotations occur. So I'm going to go with them for my thumbs down. I still think there's something there. I think Gary Clark is playing really good basketball. And they were in the lead there for two-thirds of that game. But then it fell apart. And when it falls apart, it really drops out. Thumbs down for me is the potential injury to Tyrell Harrison. Mm. We don't know how bad the calf is as yet. He didn't see out most of the second half here this afternoon. It's my thumbs down because I think he's having a wonderful season. He's one of the leading candidates for the most improved player. And now that starting centre spot is his in this Brisbane team. So hopefully it's only a minor injury. Well, that's it. And, you know, he was having a good impact even in this game. His size, and only at 24, he has so much to offer. He is a unique asset, as I said during the call in the NBL, and uh, let's just hope it's a, it's a minor thing. Let's finish with the positive. Thumbs up. Where are you going? Thumbs up. I'm going to go with Corey Webster. I give Corey Webster a lot of credit for having to take a back seat. And, you know, you see a lot of guys who have been in the league, and he's in his prime. Yep. 
to come off the bench and continue to cheer for your teammates, I know what that feels like. It's very hard. And trust me, he's handled it way better than I did. So, you know, to not detract from your teammates' success is to be applauded. And he is going to have a moment in this season, probably a few moments where he's going to be needed. So I admire that. It's easy to give credit to the guys that are out there on the court, like Bryce and Pender, that are getting it done. But that happens a lot easier if you're not getting that negative energy from the guy who's had to take a step back. Um, can I have two thumbs up sure. to finish the show? It's not it's your show, but I just wanted to have two today. One is to the Sydney Kings slash Sydney Flames. They had a curtain raiser today mm. in the WNBL. The Flames played the Melbourne Boomers. Boomers got the job done. It gave people a reason to get here early, and they did. There was a good crowd for the second half of this game. I would love to see more of it. Now, there are only a couple of teams that have got alignments. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Just work together, find a way, more curtain raises. Let's just all be in it together, I think. Well, Jack, we were here to watch that game in its entirety, and it just creates a totally different atmosphere in the venue. More people are pulled in, more people hang around after the women's game, and it also gives the women an added crowd also. Yep. It's the way it used to be back in the 90s and the early noughts, so uh, full credit to the Kings and Flames organization for uh, making this happen today. Love to see more of it. My other thumbs up is to Chris Golding. I think for all of the conversations that we're having around Jalen Adams for MVP and Milton Doyle and there are other names across the league, CG43 needs to be in every conversation right now. Fantastic again today. When they've needed big moments in big games, it's been Chris Golding. One of the top 10 shooters all time in the NBL, probably one of the top 30 players all time in the NBL, a great leader. And the thing that I like about Chris is his ability to understand when he is really needed. So a lesser player today would have, would have backed down from that challenge. Mm. He took it on, he hit big shot after big shot, and as a result, they get a much, much needed victory, and now they're sitting clearly atop the ladder. We've got a doubleheader to start round number eight on Thursday night. Check your local guides, of course, for both of those games. And it all finishes up next Sunday with Melbourne and Sydney in the last game before the FIBA break. Ruck, see you next Sunday. See you next Sunday, Jack. Thanks for being with us, as always, on the Moments That Mattered.